Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back. All right, so recently I met up with a friend, yes, like in real life and sans masks. It was all quite normal. And uh, so yada yada, we were talking about all the things, and one of our longer topics sort of closed with me saying something about wanting to have control. And we had like a good chuckle about being control freaks, which I find control freaks always chuckle. We're like, ha 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 ha, control freaks, right? And so I chuckled and because I'm a control freak or I have called myself that in the past. Um, We'll see after this episode if that's something I still do. Um, And then I said, like, I might just do a podcast on that. And so here we are, okay? Because I have a lot of conversations with handlers about control, what we do control and what we don't control and when to know the difference, okay? I often have clients who... I often have clients, I assign them an exercise, basically, and I want them to make like a really simple list, two columns, um, the things they do control and the things they don't control. And spoiler alert, we only influence our dogs, we don't actually control them, okay? So this exercise is important and it's worth doing whether you are looking at your dog life overall, right, and thinking about like it on like a general basis, or even if you're looking at a specific trial or even a specific class, right, like for the upcoming weekend, if you're starting to have anxiety, you know, it's a great time to make that list. We tend to spend a lot of time, speaking of anxiety, um, time and energy worrying about all the things we can't control, right? All these what ifs, right? Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And what ends up happening is we start, we actually ignore or don't give enough attention to the things we can control. And that is like super not helpful. That's literally the opposite of what we should be doing. Okay, so let's say in a day, picture this, if you will, let's say in a day, you have a finite amount of energy. So picture like a solid circle, or like a pie chart, like all filled in. Now, divvy up the energy that you have to give in that one day, between what's in your control and what's out of your control. Now, when I ask clients to do this, I usually get the follow up question immediately, which is, You mean where I'm putting my attention now or where I should be putting my attention? And of course, that's the crux of it, right? Is as soon as you start to write things down, you start to realize that, okay, I've been focusing a lot about the weather and if it's going to storm and or if it's going to be really hot or what I'm going to do with my car and like, what's that going to do? And oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, right? And I've seen people just get really, really wrapped up about things like this and At work in an ad agency once, we had a name for it. It was called the shark fin. (laughs) And in creative work, we would put a shark fin in work because we would know that like, okay, that's going to be the thing the client focuses on, right? So you draw their attention to something. And in the case of client 
like creative, you might be like, yeah, let's draw their attention here so that um, that's the thing they comment on and we get everything else we want. Um, But in the case of our anxiety, um, the weather or the heat or something like that could be your shark fin. It's the thing that, that's the thing you notice, that's the thing you freak out about and you focus all of your anxiety and angst on this thing, okay? And whether the angst or the energy or all that is coming from other areas or whatever, it doesn't matter. You've decided to focus it all on this thing. And typically, those things are out of our control, right? So what the judge is going to do is out of your control. Um, If another handler or group of people or another trainer, your old trainer or something like that is going to be at the show, also out of your control, all right? So if you think about it, you got to admit there's a ton of our energy that is our precious, I'm going to say precious energy that is spent on things that we have no control over. All right. It's worry, right? It's a waste of imagination. That's my thing on worry. All right. So my initial advice to clients usually in this moment is usually something along the lines of, I say something like, hey, if you can't do something about it, then you have to let it go or You have to shift your focus and energy to something you can control, um, which in turn can help you actually be successful in the ring. So again, and I use this example all the time, we think about a puppy and we think about, oh my God, they're chewing my shoe. We don't just take the shoe away. We have to replace it. So you can't just say, oh, stop thinking about it or, oh, you got to just let it go. It's, It's actually more constructive to just reassign your thoughts to something you either can do something about or to a completely different line of thinking, right? If you're obsessing about how hot it's going to be this weekend, shift your focus and think about what am I going to have for dinner? Like just get your focus off of the obsession, all right? All right, so we also talk a lot about this idea of control in the context of process and outcome goals, all right? So if you spent any time with me at all, um, you know that outcome or results-based goals are not 100% within our control. Yet process goals are. So in those process goals have to happen in order for us to put ourselves in a position to achieve our outcome goal, right? So like a building block, um, like something we have to do in order to even have a chance at, for instance, queuing or having the outcome we desire, right? So like I said, this is a super useful exercise, this what's in control, what's not in control exercise that I suggest handlers do Um, so that you can consciously choose to shift your focus onto the right things and spend your precious energy in the right place, right? That pie chart at the end of the day should be mostly your energy is focused on things you can't or things you can control, right? And like stuff like the weather, okay, outside of packing a raincoat or bringing fans or shade screens or whatever you're going to do, like that's it. That's, That's all you can do about it, right? All right. So if you are struggling with control, I highly recommend this like super simple exercise. And sometimes it just has the effect of like getting it all out on paper and then like you've said it. You've said it, you can crumple up the piece of paper, set it on fire, dance around it, whatever you want to do, okay? All right, but what I'm going to say is now after my like blissfully maskless convo with my friend, I have another angle on this whole control freak label that we often, and I say we because I would consider myself a control freak, um, we often like to wear as almost like a badge of honor. Like, ha ha ha, I'm a control freak. Like, I just, I like things the way I like them. Um, yeah, it doesn't everybody, right? All right, so if I were to ask 
control over what? So you say, oh, you know, I'm a control freak. Okay, well, what are you trying to control in this situation? Right? Pick a, imagine a situation in your head you're having trouble with, right? The answer I get back is typically about having control over the outcome or the result, right? So like, what do you want control over? Well, I want, I want to be able to control the result that I get. I want the person to do something or I want to cue or I want to qualify for whatever, you know, whatever it is. So then all of a sudden, here we are back at results and outcomes. All right. So does that mean we're outcome freaks? (laughs) Well, maybe or maybe not. Let's keep going. Let's build on this for a second. So one of my kind of observations is I feel like we live in a very what I call coin operated world, meaning we put a quarter in and we get something back right? Amazon is not helping me with this, right? (laughs) You know, I have, um, and it becomes the same with our dogs, right? And our ring performance. We put in all this time, the effort, the training, the money, the rehab, the whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we expect this predictable result in the form of a cue, right? Well, I practiced, I trained, I tried. Then I should be able to expect a cue, right? It should be this predictable effort in, result out. Effort in, result out. Very coin operated, okay? But here we start to trip over a couple words that I'm going to add um, to this conversation. In, or I'll say a couple more words in the control freaks journey, okay? The words should and expectation. And in this context, I'm going to argue that the difference between the two is really just kind of semantics because we're in this kind of dog handler world uh, context. See, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. So basically, if I do all the things, then I should or expect to cue, right? And that's, I mean, that was literally the beginning of my dog career (laughs) with my first dog, Karma. I just thought that we were, it was kind of this nice straight line, right? If I do all the things, if we keep improving, if I keep showing up in class, if I do the da 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 da, then this will happen. And of course, in that story, he, that dog got injured. And then I had this whole rehab plan in front of me. And if you've ever rehabbed a dog, you know that that's not a straight line of that either. You think, oh my God, I'm doing all the exercise, I'm doing all the exercise, I'm doing all the things, but he's not getting better or he's not getting better on my expected timeline. Okay. So many shoulds, so many expectations, um, so many, so much pressure on things we don't control. Okay. So, what I'm proposing to us control freaks is that what we're actually reacting to is unmet expectations. We have these expectations about the results or actions that we will achieve, receive, happen, whatever. So we do this, by the way, we do this all over the place. We do this with relationships. We do it at work. We do it with our dogs. We do it at the ring. Like we really are, when you think about it, like expectation machines, okay? We are expecting things all over the place. So the problem is, is even the most proficient control freak among us can only control so much, right? See previous exercise, all right? We don't control the other person. We don't control the judge, the weather, the environment, a whole host of other things as discussed. Further, judges make bad calls, right? Dogs do unexpected, (laughs) there's that word again, unexpected things. They don't, quote, do what we think they're going to, all right? The other, the other, the, the environment isn't set up how we expect it. I mean, there's just so many other things where the part we don't 
control doesn't go, maybe you could say, according to plan, but it really is according to our expectations, all right? So you can call it life, right? Because it's just how life is. Or you can call it sport, um, but it's just the recognition and the, I dare say, acceptance, which is tough, um, that we don't control all the pieces and parts that we need, that we would like to control in order to get these magic outcomes, all right? And so we're constantly in this world then applying our own set of expectations or long list of shoulds to any given moment, even if they're unsaid, right? Even little moments, right? How you expect your day will unfold. Okay. Um, There's this book called The Expectation Hangover. And read it. Don't read it. It's fine. It's a good book. Um, And I read it a long time ago. But just from the title, you're going to get the gist of the piece I think is important to this conversation. And that is that unmet expectations can lead to a whole bunch of feelings. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I kind of like the concept of this, like having a hangover about it, if you will, because, you know, it might give you a headache, might make you sick to your stomach. Um, It might encourage you to go like bury your emotions in the greasy food, like whatever, in an attempt to try to feel better and try to get through it. So we have this expectation, it's unmet. And now we're left to deal with sort of the feelings, right? And mostly we say things like, oh, I'm so bummed that didn't happen, or I can't believe I didn't get that, or I really wanted that cue, or I can't believe I didn't make the finals, or I can't believe maybe it's a person, maybe it's a relationship, I can't believe that person did that or said that or whatever. And so those are the things we say. We talk about what didn't happen, or maybe we talk a little bit about how we feel about it. But if I were there, if I were standing in front of you and you were saying those things to me, I would ask you about, hey, well, what were the expectations you had going in, going into that situation or going into the ring? So because we can say that we're focused on process, we can say that we're thinking, oh, I was worried about connection the whole time. But if you worried about connection truly, for instance, if that was your process goal, and you came out of the ring and you didn't cue, but you were connected, then theoretically, you should be happy. (laughs) It's when we secretly kind of stash in to our goals um, these, these outcomes that we disguise actually as expectations. And then we start to say, well, yeah, but I just expected that, you know, if I was connected, that we would just cue. Aha, expected, right? There it is. Um, so it's kind of interesting to have, I mean, it's just an interesting take on it. I mean, I think that, you know, it still goes back to thinking about what you can control and cannot control, right? And how much of that you're going to, you're willing to lose sleep over on the not controllable part, right? Because the truth is we can only put ourselves in a position to cue, if, for instance, if cueing is your outcome goal. So there's like that, what's that adage? There's like an adage about luck being where preparation and timing meet, I think, something like that. And the truth is we can only control our preparation. We can only control our side of things. Um, And that often doesn't include (laughs) controlling our dogs. As we said, we can influence and train for and hope and all that good stuff, but um, we don't control them either. Um, So yeah, the things we're 100% in control of, Those are the things that deserve our full attention because those are something that we can do something about. Those are actionable. Um, I mean, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's tough to be a control freak in a world where others don't play by our expectations, right? And it's really what's happening. Um, And I'm right there with you. Trust me. That's why I'm giggling. Um, You know, sport keeps us humble. 
the dogs keep us humble. The, the whole game, you know, evolves around us. You know, there's that other saying that like, we don't, um, it doesn't get easier. We just get better. Right. And this is one of those moments. This is one of those mindset moments that when you shift your mindset and really start to f- make sure that you are focusing on the things that you can control, that's where you really start to make progress. And that's where it becomes easier to let go of um, unmet expectations, unmet outcomes, unmet results, unmet shoulds. And you can start to say, yeah. I actually did my process goals. I actually can see the progress I'm making. I can let that go because I live to run another day, right? Uh, or enter another test or whatever, right? So the next time you're feeling all angsty, I want you to take a minute just to take a breath and just kind of dig in. Like, what are you upset or bummed about, right? Is it um, something you did? Is it something you were in control of? Or is it something that happened is it another person? Is it, is it an unmet expectation? When I find, for me, that when I start to categorize things and sort of sort them, right, sort of pull apart what's going on and sort, sort it, then it helps me process faster because I can be like, aha, that was, that's an expectation. All right, yeah, I had an expectation that if I put in this effort, then I would get back this result. Okay, got it. And then it helps me sort of reset faster. All right. That's all I got for this week, okay? I hope it helps you control freaks out there like me. And uh, if you like this episode, please share it, or this podcast for that matter, please share it with a friend or someone else who might benefit from it. Um, and don't forget to, you know, leave some stars or leave a, leave a comment. It really helps. And if you really liked it, consider supporting the show. Um, all the links are always in the show notes. Don't forget. All right. So as always, have a great week with your dog and thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.